in recognition of the National Disability Employment Awareness Month and the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. UC Santa Barbara's Carsey Wolf Center, the UCSB Library, and Disabled Students Program hosted two days of events on October 20th and 21st. The first night included a virtual discussion with the directors of Crip Camp, a Sundance award-winning documentary that focuses on Camp Jeanette, a free-spirited camp designed for teens with disabilities during the 70s. The following day was the panel Disability Culture and Activism, UCSB and Beyond, where students discussed their project centered on disability advocacy through archival materials of the library's special research collections. One project focused on Access Theater of Santa Barbara, a pioneer of accessible theater from 1979 to 1976, with services like open captioning, audio description, and sign language interpreting, with award-winning original productions. Rod Latham, director-producer and the founder of Access Theater, took part in the panel and spoke with KCSB News about the history of the theater as well as the accessibility movement within Santa Barbara and beyond. So what led you to found Access Theater? What were the barriers for people with disabilities in the performing arts at the time? Well, um, when I was in school, back in the dark ages, um, I grew up in public schools here in Santa Barbara that happened to be mainstream. So I grew up with, um, from elementary school on, having friends who happened to be living with disabilities. So there was no us and them, you know, it was all us. And, but as I got involved in the arts, I saw fewer and fewer of those people being involved because there were barriers, either physical barriers uh, or attitudinal barriers. And I, I just thought that was so wrong. Um, this was pre-ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act. So um, back in the you know, mid 70s uh, and late 70s when I founded Access Theater, um, issues of disability, we were still, you know, kind of in the dark. And so we kind of started slowly chiseling down the wall of uh, attitudinal barriers and physical barriers when it came to people living with disabilities. So how do you think the landscape around accessibility has changed since you first founded the theater? Oh, huge change, huge. Um, I mean, uh, there, are, there are now people in the media uh, people on television, people in films, uh, even people on Broadway, uh, actors with disabilities winning Tony Awards. Uh, that <laughs> The day that happened was a huge day for me, uh, just because I thought, wow, finally, after 20 some odd years of doing this, um, it felt so good. Actually, not 20, more like 30, 30 to 35. Uh, it just felt so good to see uh, an actor that happened to use a wheelchair uh, win a Tony. Uh, and I saw her live on, on Broadway and she was phenomenal and she deserved the Tony, not because she was had a disability, but because she was really talented. Um, so I'm excited that doors are much more open now. Uh, there are st We still have a long way to go, uh, but we have made huge, huge strides with the ADA, with awareness, uh, with accessibility accommodations in our country. Since Access Theater closed in 1996, do you know of other spaces, organizations in the area that are focused on accessibility in the arts? You know, when we closed here in Santa Barbara in 96, no one kind of stepped in to fill in the gap. Um, however, over the 18 years that we did exist here, we made great strides in Santa Barbara. Uh, we got lots of good press. We had very successful productions. We had high attendance. 
Uh, you know, we ended up taping one of our shows for television. We were on national television multiple times with productions. So we brought a lot of attention to Santa Barbara. So it was difficult for theater companies here to ignore issues of accessibility. And now if you were to go and audition for, you know, any theater company that's here now, um, most likely they would be quite open to having you audition and having you be a part if you, if you, you know, fit the role. Um, that wasn't happening back then. We were the only game in town. But uh, now I think it more, it's happening more. Um, and so hopefully there, you know, my, my dream after Access closed was that there wasn't a need for an Access Theater. You know, that it would just be something that was considered, you know, routine by theater companies across the board to be open and accessible to everyone. So going off of that, what do you want to see in the future for accessibility in Santa Barbara? Do you have any plans of your own? Well, um, I know that right now I'm producing a, a virtual concert series for the Marjorie Luke Theater. Uh, we just shot our third concert yesterday and um, they're, they're live streaming. And we are putting, uh, we're putting closed captioning on those concerts whenever there's language involved. Um, and uh, so that's, that's, you know, my part in this. Um, I don't work specifically in accessible theater anymore. Um, I produce mostly music concerts and, and sometimes theater. Um, but, you know, my hope, my hope is that, um, always when it comes to people's understanding of uh, a certain uh, part of our culture's population, in this case, people living with different types of disabilities, you know, it's same, same thing with Black Lives Matter. Um, you, you, it's, our, it's all of our responsibility to understand, you know, if you're a white male, you know, to understand what white, white privilege is. And, you know, we, we need, as a, as a white male, I can say this, uh, we need to educate ourselves and we need to talk to people. And um, it's on our shoulders. And the same thing goes for um, disability culture is that it's up on everybody's shoulders to understand and embrace uh, other lifestyles and other cultures within our greater culture. And the best way to do that is, is particularly with people with disabilities, is talk to someone who is living with a disability. It might be a physical disability, blindness, it might be someone with hearing loss, um, or someone with a developmental disability. But, you know, people are people first. And so it's really, really important that, um, that people have a voice in who they are and how they're perceived and not, um, you know, categorized by other people. So, you know, that's, that's part of the ongoing um, education process around accessibility and disability culture is people tend to, uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of research you can do in an archive, which the people um, in the panel a week or so ago did. But beyond that, the best research you can do is face-to-face. -face. Talk to people living with disabilities, ask them. Ask them what their life experience is. Ask them if they feel uh, included or excluded. You know, ask them what, what could be done to, to make their world more accessible. And you'll get great answers. And yes, yeah, since you were featured on the panel, uh, what was your experience with that and thoughts on future projects on accessibility at UCSB? 
Sure. Well, I, I, I was brought into it by uh, one of the faculty members and I was happy to participate. Um, I, was, I was taken by surprise, I guess is the best way to say it, that the research that was done, and, but I think maybe this was part of the point of the project was to use the archives at UCSB, and that's cool. Um, but any archive is going to be limited. And I was, I was shocked to hear that in the research that the, the students did, that none of them had actually contacted anyone directly. You know, they, they went all from information just in the archive. So as a student or as a teacher, because I've, I've done a fair amount of teaching, I would always encourage people, absolutely use the, use the archive, use the library, use every resource you have at your fingertips. I live here in Santa Barbara. Um, my phone number is in the phone book and access theater was, you know, one of the topics of some of the research and whoever did that could have just looked me up and called me, you know, and I could have given them a wealth of information, but nobody called me until after the projects were done. Uh, but they had found uh, the company in the, in the archives. Um, so I would just, you know, as a teacher, I would say, absolutely use use resources all you can but also go directly to the people because archives are always going to be limited you know there is no singular archive that is that has everything <laughs> and especially when you're dealing with a topic like accessibility and disability culture it's a very human topic and and without human input it's very limited and you're only going to get a, 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 a slice of perspective. And finally, how do you think that all of us as individuals can further accessibility and equality for people living with disability? Just by, by being aware and looking around if you're sighted um, and seeing the people around you. And oftentimes, um, you know, there is still a, you know, old school discrimination of uh, of people without disabilities, so able-bodied people, avoiding people with disabilities because they're not comfortable around them, or they see people signing and they go, oh, those people must be deaf, and I, I don't know sign language, so I can't interact with them. Uh, or they see a person that happens to use a wheelchair or have a physical disability. And, and the thing to remember first, again, as I said earlier, is that we're all people first. We all have personal lives. We all have challenges. We all have joys and sorrows and successes and failures. And sometimes our world can uh, forget and leave out people that happen to have disabilities. But I think it's always important to consider that, that disability as just another trait of their characteristic, like their eye color or their hair color or, you know, their voice, the sound of their voice, you know, it's just one aspect of a human being. So um, it's very easy to put people in, you know, pigeonhole people with disabilities and, and, and it's really dangerous to do that. So all of us can just be aware, look around, um, say hello, you know, greet people. We all want to be heard and seen and uh, disability shouldn't be a barrier to being heard or being seen. This is Kiyomi Morrison with KCSB News.